We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is going on? Wednesday, December the 21st, 2022. Uh, Apologies for the delay there. I was making sure the camera was working well. Uh, making sure the camera was up and running. We are good. We are rocking. We are rolling here on this Wednesday. It's National Signing Day. Happy National Signing Day to you all. Very excited to chat here on this Wednesday. And yes, Hunter Kelly, we we are here. It was not just you. The screen was black for a moment. But again, we are rocking. We are rolling here on this Wednesday, December the 21st, 2022. I see Wesley Bowles, Stephen Borwell Jr., um, we already got a spam call off the jump. Lant, Lee Hopkins, Travis Allen, Gene Lott, Jonathan Lee, Keith, uh, Chase Floyd, Kayshawn, Connor, C. Youngblood, Brendan. Merry signing day indeed, my friend. Yes, we are rocked out. Big welcome home guy. We're rocked out in the welcome home because, of course, again, Gad, what's going on, Ben DeRosia? Uh, again, of course, it is National Signing Day where really games are won today. Championships are claimed today thanks to the signing of some of our favorite players and uh, some of the elites in college football making their destinations known. Really, really exciting stuff. And I want to hear from you, 843-790-337. Guys, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com when you do. Use the promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. You can play anything and everything from college sports, pro sports, everything in between, guys. They have got it for you. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show and the Daily Crow have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Again, guys, that's our friends at Prize Picks. Go download the app or go to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code TSUS. At sign-up to receive a 100% deposit match at $100, be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. We got a text in the text line. What's the deal with Marshawn Lloyd? Yes, yesterday the the worst-kept secret on social media was that uh, supposedly, and I say supposedly, this is per sources in the building, that uh, Marshawn Lloyd apparently, of course, in the transfer portal, as we all know, um, it sounded like Maryland was not going to take him or they were no longer interested in taking him. And, and so Marshawn Lloyd, I think, was possibly pondering 
coming back to South Carolina. Now, I can tell you from folks that I've talked to, I don't think this is a likely final result. Um, I do not think it's going to happen, and I don't know if it's that, that's because of a Marshawn Lloyd thing. I don't know if that's a South Carolina thing, but I, I do not think it's going to happen. But, of course, that caused a stir on social media yesterday. You know, we had some passive-aggressive tweets yesterday from people in regards to, the, you know, we, uh, we posted the grass isn't always greener. Uh, even Justin Stepp got in on the action a little bit. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, interesting to say the least. Interesting to say the least. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, I, I don't know, different folks, Gamecock Central, others, Again, I, I, I've talked to folks from inside the building that say there was a moment in time, at, at least over the last 48 hours or so, where he was wanting to come back. Um, yeah, it, it's not happening, though. Marshawn Lloyd will be not, not be coming back to South Carolina, which is not surprising to me at all. So there really is no point in the conversation. But again, a text I got yesterday, my guy John Rice, obviously uh, tuning in or, or voicing his uh, – voicing what's going on guys by the way the phone lines were closed the phone lines are now open i do apologize i do apologize i had the phone lines closed up uh we are good now we are good now crystal hewitt says how do i get a towel for the gator bowl love watching uh we will be at the uh the tsus tailgate crystal in lot j or you can order online tsus.store tsus.store you go ahead and put that order in now I can get that towel to you, but probably the easiest way, I will have those towels on hand with me at Lot J at the tailgate outside of the stadium at the Gator Bowl. And we will start at the tailgate at 11 o'clock. So anyways, anyways, like I said, the Marshawn Lloyd stuff yesterday, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, again, I, I don't, I, I wasn't the one that started the rumor. So please don't, uh, don't shoot the messenger here. But uh, yeah, that was the big rumor yesterday. It's sounding like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is with Maryland. If they want to take him, if they don't, but he is not coming back to South Carolina. That is that is a um, that is a done deal. That is a done deal. So, anyways, guys, want to hear from you? Of course, it is National Signing Day. The letter of, of intents are rolling in for the Gamecocks. Really exciting stuff. Really exciting stuff. And, and want to last 24, 48 hours or so. What a week it's been. For Gamecocks football, Shane Beamer is the man who just does not stop in regards to putting in the work. Um, I mean, it's absolutely crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy just seeing uh, what's what's going on. Obviously, all the welcome homes, and it's it's just wild, dude. So, And you look at South Carolina's class sitting in a really good position. Of course, guys, podcast did not drop today, but it will drop tomorrow in a full National Signing Day 2023 breakdown. We'll talk about things such as – uh, the overall class, talk about the needs that were addressed. We'll also talk immediate impact player, sleeper of the class, best players offensively, defensively, overall grade, all that good stuff. Also, guys, tomorrow's show, uh, full breakdown of the men's game. Gamecocks taking on Western Kentucky on the basketball side of things. Women are actually playing right now against Coastal Carolina. A noon tip at the CLA. Our good friend Connor McComish, Mr. Beamerball himself, is in the building, so... Shout out to Connor. Shout out to all those that at the CLA right now supporting the Lady Gamecocks. And, uh, yeah, really, really fun stuff, really good time. So, again, really appreciate you all tuning in. An exciting day for sure. You know, I asked the question, I think it was last week, has, has the 
the transfer portal and NIL taking away some of the some of the juice from national signing in. As I sit here today, I think the answer is still a resounding no, right? It, it, you still feel like is as important, and and the transfer portal is massively important. Do not get me wrong; it most certainly is. They're both important. Special about national signing day. There's still, there's still. I, I think it's just there's something special about investing your time, your energy, your emotion into a kid, and that kid looking at your school amongst all the other options and picking your school like that. That that's something that that it is a it is a jolt to a fan. It's of course jolt to a co- to the coaches to the program, but. You know, to a fan, it just, it feels good, right? It feels good. It's like, these guys have chosen us. You know what I mean? They have chosen us. Of all the places, some of these guys, they could go anywhere in the country. They choose us. So, really, really cool stuff. Really awesome stuff. And again, guys, I, I do want to hear from you, your thoughts on, your thoughts on the class to this point. Um, Jeff Gullett says, I don't like the two different signing periods. Um Jeff, are you are you re- referring to in regards to like how there's almost two signing days? Is that what you're saying? Um, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I you know, the early signing day is great in regards to getting guys on campus earlier. You know, getting them on campus earlier, uh, the early enrollees. I think it's great for that, obviously. But I mean, here's the thing, Jeff. I hear what you're saying, but but 95 percent of the guys they go ahead and sign and make the decisions now. I mean, the only guy we're really waiting on, you know, Lenora Sellers will announce on Friday. I think he announced he's not signing until Friday. And then uh, Nick Harbor. Nick Harbor will not sign until um, February. So that, that's really the big one. That's the big one. And I'll tell you this, you know, you look at this class, and again, we'll break it down more so tomorrow on the podcast and on TDC and everything else. But, um, you know, I, I think Shane Beamer, you got to tip your cap. A great job by Beamer and company. I think addressing needs, right? I mean, we understand, and, and I know Travi will enjoy this. I know Travi will like this because we're always talking about the run game, running the ball, stopping the run. You could tell there was an emphasis and a focus on that in this class. Offensive line, defensive line. I mean, the big uglies you picked up, um, you know, getting getting big tree to recommit. But, you know, Marquis Anderson. I mean, the fact that you're top, in, in regards to the composite, right? Your your top signee is an offensive lineman, right? That that really says a lot in regards to this class as a whole, and and, and what your what the the overall theme of this class was. Which again, I think was just the trenches. It was a trenches heavy class. Uh, it was a class addressing needs again in regards to defensive playmakers, linebacker. Um, you know, I I think the one thing I look at the class and I say. Would I've liked to have seen maybe a couple more big playmakers on the outside at wide receiver? Yes, but I think if you land a Nick Harbor, right? Also, what you're doing in the transfer portal. I mean, you, you got to fa- you got to factor in the tight end position and who you've got coming in with that with Trey Knox. Also, if you get Juice Wells back, and again, you need to develop some of these young guys like Omega Blake, Landon Sampson. You do that, you'll be fine on the outside. But uh, you know, all in all, guys, I mean, you're probably going to finish with a top 15 class, top 20 at worst. But you might finish with the top 15 class. So, um, I, I would say, again, a job well done by Shane Beamer and company. Absolutely incredible. And, and, and uh, you know, for his second full cycle, you know, there's not much more you can ask for. I mean, listen, if you're recruiting at a top 15 clip on a year-in, year-out basis, you're going to win a lot of football games. I mean, you're you're, you're going to be an 8-4, and 9-3 and three program 
every single year. And if you get the right quarterback, you've got a chance to do even more. So um, I think a great job all in all. I think it's a great class. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm ecstatic for the class. I think that, I think when I look at the class, I think there's a lot of multi-year contributors. I think there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, and I know we say that on a year in year out basis. I, I'm not naive enough to think like we, we say that every year, right? We say that every single year, but um you know, I really do look at this class, and I think there's a bunch of guys in this class that you're going to be hearing their names a lot over the course of the next three, four, five years. So, really exciting stuff. Uh, let's see. Let's get into your questions. Dalton says, I think National Signing Day is still fun, even with the portal, but it's hard to not think because of these recruits could be gone in a year. Yeah, Dalton, that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's interesting because the portal exists, and, you know, most likely – and this isn't meant as a slight. It's just the reality now. It's just the reality that, uh, you know, there's probably going to be three, four, five, a handful of these guys that do hit the portal, probably this time next year that are hitting the portal. And it's just, it is what it is. It's just the reality of college football. And that's okay. That's why you recruit, you know, that's why you recruit. That's why you use the portal to your advantage. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But, uh, you know, all, all in all, again, I think National Signing Day is still really special and it's a cool thing. And, uh, today's been a lot of fun. Today has been a lot of fun. They've been rolling in since early this morning, and we've been getting at it since early this morning, and it's it's been a blast for sure. Um, Dalton says, do you think the same thing happened to A&M this offseason will become the Norman College football? They signed the best class in the history of sports, and now all these guys are in the portal. Well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the type of season they had, and did they oversign? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what's going on in College Station. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Um, it's a bit of a mess, no doubt. It's a bit of a mess, no doubt, there in College Station. But I don't know all the details of why guys are, um, why guys are, you know, jumping from there. I don't know. Let's see. Gamecocks currently sitting in the top 15 in recruiting. How about that? I mean, it's it's just it's just wild when you think about the momentum Shane Beamer's built and what he's doing. And I mean, I I would tell you guys this. I mean, again, you know, as as long as as long as recruiting is going well, then you know you're you're building your program and you're on an upward trajectory. Obviously, winning on the field helps, but uh, yeah, so. Anyways, guys, want to hear from you. Coleman Hall, I mean, A&M had a tremendously awful season. Jimbo's lack of leadership is more than apparent. Yeah, things are not uh, things are not going well. Timmy Pierce, Luke Doty staying. Does it make sense that Rattler's probably gone? I I don't uh, I, I I don't I don't I don't think so, Timmy. I don't I don't think those two things go hand in hand. You know, again, maybe maybe have we thought about that? Maybe Luke Doty's just a gamecock lifer. He just does not want to transfer. Luke Doty would rather just be a Gamecock and, and you know, just just ride out the rest of his career at USC? I mean, guys, I, listen, we can only speak from our vantage point, right? Until we have Luke Doty on the show again, which we, we did over the spring. I didn't ask him this question, obviously. But, you know, and, until we hear it from him, we're just, we're just making assumptions that maybe, guys, maybe, and I know this might sound so crazy, and listen, to me it's kind of crazy too, but, like, 
maybe Luke Doty's number one concern is not playing. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that in a negative way, but like if his number one concern was playing, or maybe he's a guy that even if Rattler comes back, he says, you know what, I'm going to stick it out and I'll be the starter the next year. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's all guesswork. But I don't think it goes hand in hand. I do not believe that it goes hand in hand uh, that – you know, oh, well, Rattler's obviously gone. That's why Luke Doty's coming back. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. So. Let's see. Jada signed with Colorado. Yeah, Dion doing work, man. We're, we're far from the only team that Dion is affected. We are far from the only team. So, far from the only team. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. We're supposed to have J.C. Sherbert on the show at 115, uh, but J.C. hit me up. I think he was having some, some complications today, and I'll just leave it at that. This was at 9.48 a.m. Um, yeah, y'all, y'all keep J.C. Sherbert in your prayers. I'm not exactly sure what is going on, but I don't, I don't think anymore we're actually going to have him on the show. So, guys, we've got a wide-open day for your questions, your comments, your calls. Also, guys, Shane Beamer will speak to the media at 3 o'clock. We will not stay live for it. We will not stay live for it. We will cover it, but uh, we're going to rock TDC until 2 o'clock as normal. Got some other things to do today. We've got the show to record, uh, some other things to do behind the scenes. So, I appreciate you guys understanding and if we do not get J.C. Sherbert, again, again, we'll, we'll just take your questions, your comments, and your calls. I'm shocked we've made it 18 minutes without a call. That's just stunning to me, but here we are. Um, anyways, let's see. Connor Parsons, is Rattler a Heisman favorite if he comes back? I, I definitely think he'll have odds, Connor. I don't know if he's – I don't think he's the favorite, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, – He's definitely going to have odds, no doubt, no doubt. And he could be, I think he could be um, a sleeper for it, no doubt. Let's jump to the lines here. Awesome. Robbie Davis, Zach Peace Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. appreciate you asking. What's up? I I went on the Gamecock app to, to look at the recruiting class that we have so far, and so far I like it. I'm glad to hear that. And this this is going to sound cliche, but I really don't give a hoot. Where it begins, here's how you begin to win, build a winning program to win championships. All right. And I'm not, and I'm talking about conference championships and national championships. Okay. Just, just, just to clarify. All right. You win by getting players that are going to be playing in the trenches at the line of scrimmage. And that is exactly what Beamer is doing. And he's, proving he's I'm telling y'all I told y'all before he's gonna prove a point that you can win at South Carolina and he's proving that with who's with who he's bringing in but like you said of the guys that we have that we have in this class right now how many of them is going to be gone in a year we don't know 
they might wind up going somewhere next year. We don't know. If they do, then then fine. We'll just get more. That's just how it is these days, okay? But the guys that, that believe in the vision that Beamer is trying, that Beamer is building, they will stay. The ones that don't will leave. It's that simple. Robbie, I'm not sure if you noticed this. The the top signee in this class, top rated signee, is Marquis Anderson from Roebuck, South Carolina, my friend. Shout out to Roebuck. Yes, sir. Roebuck. Um, Roebuck. Roebuck. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, they're, they're just built different in Roebuck, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and I, I just, and obviously with the players that we have coming in, we'll probably have more people enter the transfer portal and so be it that's just that's that's college football now the transfer portal like i said before the transfer portal is a thing it's here you're gonna have to live with it it is what it is and like you and like you said several weeks a couple weeks ago the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away. That is what it does. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. That, that is a fact. Yeah. So I, I you know, and I, that's, I, I feel confident with, with Beamer. We're, we're, I, you know, I never doubted Beamer in regards to recruiting when he first got the job. I really didn't. I, mm-hmm. I thought that he was going to recruit. Right. And we, we've always recruited well. I mean, we, we've never really. We, we've had one bad class. Like, I mean, you look over the last decade plus, we've had one bad mm-hmm. class, and it was literally the year that Muschamp got fired and we're coming off COVID and we're transitioning to a new coach. So, really just throw it away. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's I, – I never really was concerned about the recruiting side, but I love the fact, of course, like you mentioned, that Shane Beamer is going to – attack the portal and he he does that he does mm-hmm. your fa- he does your favorite thing robbie which is attack he attacks shane beamer attacks <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that is my favorite thing yeah. when it comes to sports yeah just attack is you attack and in, just 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 make them make them work for every darn thing they get mm-hmm. i don't care if it's football basketball shoot even baseball i don't give a hoot make them earn it because then if they earn it, they're going to realize they, – whenever they realize they're going to have to earn it, they're, someone's going to make a mistake and they're going to capitalize off them. Mm. But if you give it to them and make it easy, then it's probably not going to end well, especially if they have better athletes than you. Mm. But – I'm really excited for this. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes of the phone call, and you know what I'm talking about. The rebuttal. Fire away, Robbie. We're all anxiously waiting. And just for the record, I would say this, even if I was not a former employee of Zaxby's, Zaxby's is better than Chick-fil-A, okay? Zaxby's is better than Chick-fil-A for this reason. One, variety on the menu. 
two, the sauces that you can get from Chick-fil-A are fire, okay? And I'm not talking about just hot. I mean literal fire. They are very good, very tasty. I've tried Chick-fil-A sauce. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. Zaxby's sauce, on the other hand, is fire, okay? And I found out yeah, whenever I went to Zaxby's yesterday and I found out my cousin never tried Cheddar Bites, I about, if she wasn't driving, I probably would have slapped her across the head, okay? But I got, I, we got some Cheddar Bites. She tried some Cheddar Bites. She liked them. I even told her to dip them in Zach sauce and she liked that too. And ever since I worked at a Zach's Feast, I am telling you, anytime I go into a Zach's Feast, I'm grading it the second I walk into the into, into the into the uh, restaurant. And whenever I ordered the cheddar bites, and I noticed I didn't have any marinara sauce, I was like, okay, this is not how this is supposed to go. I need my marinara sauce, <laughs> but. Zaxby's is I'm not saying Chick-fil-A is bad now. I do like Chick-fil-A but if I had to choose I'm choosing Zaxby's because the variety is better. You can get nibblers. You can get a big a big Zach snack. Of course my favorite thing and yours are wings and things. And you can get a chicken chicken sandwich. The, the menu just goes on and on and on. And I'll never forget whenever I ordered nibblers, whenever I ordered nibblers one time, okay, and I asked for them to be dipped in tongue torch with the Zach sauce still on them, the manager looked at me like I was crazy. Okay. Literally said this. You realize what you just asked for? And I said, yes. That's why I asked for it. I know what words came out of my mouth. <laughs> and I also was also in charge of making the sweet tea. And I think the sweet tea is better at that. Yeah, the sweet tea is definitely better at Zaxby's. I've tried both, and the sweet tea's better at Zaxby's. As a Zaxby's Hall of Famer, nothing you said surprised me, Robbie. I, I would expect you to be on Zaxby's side. I, I would imagine that. I did not think you would hit the transfer portal today. We'll just put it that way. No. No. Not going to happen. Indeed. Nope, 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 nope. They will sell popsicles in hell before I jump ship on Zaxby's. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Robbie, pleasure as but, always, uh, my that's guy. That's my rebuttal. Yes, I, I love it. I think you that's made it. That's my a, rebuttal. Yes, I... I John Rice says you're not going to hit the portal unless Chick-fil-A gives you a million-dollar NIL deal. Then, then you're gone. They could give me 
they could give me Donald Trump size money and I wouldn't hit the portal for, for Chick-fil-A. So there's your proof. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. The man has spoken. No, I, I will never, I will never back. I will never back Chick-fil-A. No, not going to happen. Just like Beamer Ball to the moon, Zaxby's to the moon. Okay. To the moon. I hope Zaxby's is somehow sponsoring this segment because I'm, I, I need to. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Zaxby's to be sending a check very soon. So you can tell him I said that. <laughs> oh, fun fact! I won the uh, the 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 uh, the, uh, the, month, the uh, jar thing. We had to figure out how many uh, pe- uh, peanut M Ms were in a jar, and I was the closest. I was six off of the actual number. There was 273 M&M's, and my guess was 257. So I was closest. And I got to bring them home. That's impressive. Congratulations. (laughs) But, uh, that is the best rebuttal I could come up with over the last few days. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the best I can do. I did the best I could. If you want to see the original, if you want to see the original Hall of Fame plaque, take your, make yourself a trip, plan a trip to Roebuck and you'll see it. It's there. Take your keister over to Roebuck. Mm-hmm. You and your keister. <laughs> uh, but uh and I I did something that I thought I would only ever have to do from in from my youngest brother, but I bought one of my bosses a Clemson shirt. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to buy for anyone mm-hmm. that's not related to me. Mm-hmm. But my boss, Mr. Brian, is a Tar Heel fan. So I got him a shirt. That has all that has all the years that the Tar Heels won a basketball championship on it. So I gave him that as a as a as a Christmas gift. Very thoughtful. <clears throat> Very thoughtful. So. But uh, that's all I got. Go Gamecocks. Go Vols. And Zaxby's rules. Robbie, you're the man. Appreciate you. All right, buddy. Yes, sir. Take care. <laughs> Zaxby's rules. Uh, by the way, guys, quick score update. Women's basketball, like I told you, taking on Coastal Carolina. 351 left in the first half. They are up on the Chanticleers 44 to 12. 44 to 12. That just like those two teams playing just doesn't seem fair, does it? It, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Like, I don't know. Poor Coastal. Poor Coastal, that's what I say. Poor Coastal. Anyways, um, guys, it is National Signing Day. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Um, Slapdick McIntosh. Hello, Slapdick. He says in the TDC Question Channel, how about this content on Signing Day? Indeed. Hey, indeed. Listen, listen, I tell people this all the time. And I love Robbie Davis, but I tell people this all the time. 
this show is for you guys, right? So you want to call in or you want to make sure somebody else doesn't call in, keep them off, keep them off the phone lines, right? Y'all call in and box them out, if you will. I'm an equal opportunity call. I, you know, we 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 hey, we just take the calls that come. I'm grateful and appreciative of every single person that calls into this show. Uh, Austin Hicks, who's your favorite player out of the signees today? I, I mean, how do you define favorite, right? I'm, I, I don't want to like. I mean, I I think folks love Pup Howard for his energy, for the way that he represents the University of South Carolina. And oh, by the way, he's uh he's a pretty damn good football player, also. Right, six foot three and a half, 220 pounds at the linebacker position. I think he and Stone Blanton side by side are going to wreak havoc over the next couple of years. 0.9297 on the 24 7 sports composite, the 14th ranked linebacker in the country in this class. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to say Pup Howard, right? And, and I think probably over the long haul, not to spoil the podcast tomorrow because I will talk about this more in depth. Uh, but I think the probably the biggest immediate impact guy, I, I think Pup Howard will play immediately. I, I would be pretty surprised if he's not. Because you think about linebacker guys. You know, Sherrod Green's gone. I think Debo is gone. Is Debo gone or is he back? I think Debo's gone. I could be wrong. Maybe he's not. Either way, Sherrod Green's gone. Brad Johnson's gone. Uh, you should get Mo Caba back, right? Mo Caba will be back from injury, but you need help at the linebacker position. We all know that. So I think that, um, you know, I think Pup Howard's going to play immediately. I, I think he's going to be a big-time impact player for you. And like I said, I would expect he and Stone Blanton to make major, major impacts and be a force at the linebacker position over, over the next couple of years. So, um, really exciting stuff. I mean, again, if the Gamecocks, and I tweeted this earlier, guys, but if the Gamecocks land Nick Harbor, you know, I think you start looking at this class and, you know, you think back to the 07 class that Steve Spurrier got that really was the game changer, finished finish seventh in the country. Um, you know, I think that's the one. I, I think you start looking at it and comparing it to that class, you know, in regards to maybe this is Shane Beamer's you know, in three, four years, maybe we're seeing the Gamecocks winning double-digit games, competing to go to Atlanta. This might be the class. That's the, that's, that's the exciting thing, right? 07, that recruiting class that finished ranked seventh, laid the groundwork for what Steve Spurrier eventually accomplished at South Carolina. It's just really exciting to think this 2023 class, especially... If you land Nick Harbor this spring, it could serve in that same way. Three, four years from now, when we're, in, we're winning double-digit games and maybe we're competing to go to Atlanta, you look back at this class, and it's like, that guy's a stud, that guy's a stud, that guy's a legend, that guy's a legend. And this will be the class that sort of served as the springboard for South kind of football. That's at least the hope and the expectation. But I think certainly you go down the list, and you've got a lot of guys that are going to be multi-year impact guys and and could turn out to be big-time impact players for the University of South Carolina. So I, I think it's an exciting class when you view it from that standpoint, and, and, and I think you signed a lot of really, really good guys. So, um, yeah, Maz is a 2024 guy. Maz is a 2024 guy. So – 
Yeah, Coach Ford again. He's 2024. So we, I don't know when he's going to commit, but we got time. We got time. Kayshawn, Marquis Anderson's my favorite. Yeah, he's the top rated player from the recruiting class. So, um, yeah. Let's see. Hunter Kelly says, no way it'll take three to four years to compete to get to Atlanta. Hunter, I'm just I'm just throwing out a hypothetical, my friend. Just just but I mean I we can talk more about that here in a second. Let's jump to the phone line. Call from Martin. Martin, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, Chris? Just hanging out. What's going on? Hey. I got a few things I want to say about the transfer portal and Lloyd. Um mm-hmm. I hate Lloyd's left, but I hope the conversation went like this. I hope Beamer told Lloyd, hey, thanks for everything you've done here, but when when you shop around on us, you're done here. We're not, we're not second best to nobody, you know? Um, I hope he takes that approach to the portal so these guys don't try to pull it, you know? Don't try to shop around on South Carolina. Like, South Carolina is – has the best facilities they're as good as anybody's in America you know I mean mm. there's nothing that you can't get at the University of South Carolina you know it's uh I hope I hope he um was respectful when he said it but I hope that's the way the conversation went mm-hmm. with Lloyd yeah and us fans we we've we've been pretty loyal to our team you know I mean all of us have had uh and, you know, we've had our ups and downs, man. We've been riding this wave for a long time. And, you know, we just want to see players that are just as loyal as us. And the, the transfer portal, you asked the question the other day, like, what do we think about it? It, it? When you get a good player in it, you love it. When you when you lose a good player, you hate it. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. – but I guess it's college football now. It, it, it has took a little bit of a little bit of a turning point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we just picked I'm up Trey. Sure. We just picked up Trey Knox, right from uh, from Arkansas. I mean, you you love the portal when it works out that way. I mean, heck, we got Spencer Rattler. You you love. I mean, you, Gamecock fans can't dislike the portal. You you can't. You you just simply cannot, right? Like like I I love the portal, no, but it just it no. is it is the the uh, the brutal reality. And again, I I think the thing that shook up Gamecock fans so much, and and, and rightfully so. And I just I don't think it's something not just South Carolina fans. I don't think it's something college football fans will ever get used to because it's one thing when a guy, like like a Spencer Rattler, right? He lost his starting job. Why he'd hit the portal makes a lot of sense. But when a guy like Jaheim Bell or Marshawn right. Lloyd dips and they're starters, that's that's tough to stomach. It just, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Run, so He's running back number one in the SEC. I mean, he's got, where can you go that's better? Yeah. <laughs> As far as opportunity, you know, I don't know. Um, I hate it for him. I hope wherever he goes, he works out. But I hate he, I hate he bounced out on South Carolina, man. And um, I kind of like that guy. I guess that's why it hurts so much. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of fans. I mean, a lot, a lot of fans were rocking his jersey in the stands, man. Yeah, a lot, a lot of folks, a lot yeah. of folks were. Yeah, just he, it's tough for a he, lot of people. He's been my favorite. He's he was my favorite. Him and Ryan Brewer, man. I. I, for some reason, I just felt like they were Gamecocks, you know, and mm. when he bounced out, I don't know. It kind of hurt my feelings, man. I hate to admit that. <laughs> but, um, 
man, I hope I hope that uh, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited about what Shane Beamer's doing. I haven't mm-hmm. been this excited. This is probably the most excited I've been in my life as far as following Gamecock football, man. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we're going up, and um, I think Shane Beamer's young enough and good enough to get us to where we need to be. I think so, too. I mean, I, I think so, too, man. You got to be excited with the way you finish the season and, uh, you know, obviously this recruiting class and what they're doing in the portal. And I, I think there's there's plenty to be excited about. And, man, how, how, how awesome it'd be to, you know, a little bit over a week from today win the bowl game and and go into the offseason on a, on a winning note. I mean, it, it would just – if you thought there was a lot of hype coming into this past season – you know, I, I think it'd be that on steroids, especially if Rattler and Wells come back for 2023. It'd be absolutely insane. So, people don't realize if you have a if you have a quarterback like Rattler, and and you can have an average team, man, and 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 win big time football games with mm-hmm. guys that just want to play football. When you got a star back there playing quarterback, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you can win some big games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. I, you have that game changer under center, man, and I, I'm excited to see what Dowell Loggins can do with him, assuming that Rattler does come back. And, um, you know, I, I think it could set up to be a really special 2023 if, again, you get that duo back of Rattler and Wells. It could be uh, it could be a special year, but, you know, we'll see. Well, I'm excited, man. I'm going to stop up here at Chick-fil-A and get me some lunch, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You guys have a good afternoon. Yeah, you too, man. I appreciate it, Martin. Take care, brother. Yeah, man, be good. Uh, great stuff. Listen, great stuff for sure. Um, uh, my guy Frank texts in New York City swag. See you in Jacksonville. I'm an extra large, Frank. I'm an extra large T-shirt, extra large pretty much everything. I appreciate you, Frank. You're the man. Looking forward to meeting you in Jacksonville for sure. Chase in the TDC Question Channel says, Lloyd doesn't hurt me. He never wowed me this year. Had a few solid games, but his biggest games, in my opinion, were against Charlotte and SC State. He can take his unloyal ass somewhere else. Hashtag by Felicia. That is coming from Chase, a.k.a. the Slayer of Queens. So, Chase has spoken. Um, you know, I, 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 yesterday I was ready to speak on it. Yesterday I, 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 I thought to myself, you know what, this will be a talking point and something we'll discuss. I, I, I don't. I don't think there's really a point because it's obviously very evident that, like, it's not happening anyway, so who cares? I don't think there's a decision to make in regards to, you know, th- there's there's no point in me voicing my opinion, like, would I take Marshawn Lloyd back? But I, I, I will say this. You know, I, I, I don't have a top – I don't know that off the top of my head I have a top five or top ten or – you know, lists of my favorite pieces of content I've ever made, right? Because I've made so much content – and that list is extensive, right? It's hard to narrow it down to just a few. But I, but I will say that clip I made regarding Jaheim Bell and him entering the transfer portal and stand on business, a lot of what I said in that clip, a lot of it applies to Marshawn Lloyd as well. And, and I just think, guys, that, you know, I understand that, you know, these are kids and, you know, you enter the portal, let's say you made a mistake, right? You, you wanted to test the waters, and it didn't go the way you thought it would, welcome someone back with open arms. Don't hold a grudge. Don't be petty. But I think context is important, right? I think context is important, and I trust Shane Beamer inevitably in the day. He will make decisions that are best for his program. Let's jump back to the line. Call from. 
Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I'm doing fantastic. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so you get you got to have a little faith of, you know, having us going to the championship next year. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you this, Hunter. I have not uh, made my way to early predictions. I, you know, am, well, I, am I, I picking I'm us to go to the SEC title? Probably not, to be totally honest with you. Do I think we're an SEC championship yeah. team yet? Does Georgia still exist? Uh, the answer is yes, they do. So, you know, I, I mean, it could be a special year. I think it could be a nine. And, I, I don't know yet. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I haven't stopped, looked at the schedule, looked at who's all coming back. Um, I, I just – I when Shane Beamer was hired, right, yeah. I was in it and am still in it for the long haul. And I don't think you build a program in two years. I don't think you really even build it in three. I think South Carolina has to continue to build real competitive depth on the line of scrimmage and everywhere, yeah. but definitely on the line of scrimmage as well. So, listen, there will be question marks. There will be things you have to overcome next season. You're going to have a, a pretty much brand-new offensive line. Even if Juice Wells comes yeah. back, who else is stepping up at wide receiver, right? Is Rattler going to be back? We'll see. You know, in the secondary, your secondary will be a major question. Can you stop the run? I mean, yeah. there, there, there are question marks going into next season. So, I, yeah, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, like we, I'm not trying to put limiting beliefs feel, on what Beamer can do, but I'm also not going to go into year three and say we should, we should be going eleven and one and going to the SEC championship. I, I think that's, I think that's 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 unrealistic. If you don't mind my honest opinion, I think that's unrealistic. But I'd love to be wrong. Yeah, no, I, I had a, I had a little excitement just because of uh, Josh, Josh Heifel. I think it was just a. Uh, second year or something like that, and he almost brought his uh, team to the playoffs. And I don't know, I guess uh, I guess I, I was a little too optimistic about it this year, or for next year, actually, because um, all the guys we're bringing in, um, hopefully bringing in Harper, and that'll uh, add towards it. I mean, if, I guess if the offense would have kept rolling like we did with those two top ten teams, then I, I, I really feel like we could have a chance but then again we still have to play at the home games with Tennessee and you know uh Georgia so I mean listen I'll say this is it possible to have a special season I mean yes it is but as great as the end of this season was and I know that the, the discord might might roast me for this because find some joy but as great yeah. as the yeah. end of the season was beating Tennessee and beating Clem sucks I, I haven't forgotten the 38 to six loss to Florida. I haven't forgotten the embarrassing loss to Missouri. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't forgotten the blowout to Georgia. You know, I like mean, they're, they're still, they're still. Out, uh, if you would have took out those losses and say we won the Arkansas, Missouri, and, you know, uh, Florida, we, we would have been talking about playoffs right now. Yes, Hunter. If we would have won all of our games, we'd be in the playoff. You are correct. Yes. If if we would have won the yeah, if we'd have beaten the three teams that were six and six that finished six and six that we lost to, yes, we probably would be in the playoff right now. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all I needed. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll uh, be a lot better than eight four next year. Yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, I'd love to see it. I mean, what what a what a year it'd be. Go nine and three or better. Incredible, incredible season. Yeah. Incredible season. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, man. Hey, Hunter, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Great stuff from Hunter. And, guys, I, I, I would just say this. I, I'm just, <laughs> I, Let me just say this. I, I'm just not putting the cart before the horse. I, I don't expect 
in year three. Um, I do not expect in year three South Carolina to go to the SEC title. Somebody texts in. We're going to jump into a break in a second. Somebody texts in, though, and says, GC, which I'm assuming you mean Gamecock Central, just made an article about Lloyd not coming back, but sidelines made something about him coming back. Who do I trust? What do you think? I- I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Because I saw somebody sent me, Gamecock Central said that, where did the rumors come from? These are completely rumors. No, they're, they're, it was a real thing. I, I want to make that very clear. It was a real thing from the people I talked to in the building. It was a real – and just in regards to – Marshawn Lloyd pondering the idea. They have spoken to him directly. He's not coming back. So it's kind of dead and done, right? It's done. So really all the other details don't really matter. They don't really matter. So I I, I, I will say that I think it's a done issue. Marshawn Lloyd is not coming back to South Carolina. Um, I, yeah, he's not coming back. So I, I would say that he's not coming back. I trust that Gamecock Central, I mean, I, those guys – I've been in business a really, really long time. And uh, I would say if you're going to choose, you know, Gamecock Central or, or sidelines on Twitter, you probably, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but you're probably better off. Gamecock Central, I'd probably say, is a little bit more reliable. But uh, I think there was some conversation yesterday in regards to maybe Lloyd was having a change of heart, but it's not happening. So kind of end of discussion, period. But anyways, to Hunter, what Hunter was saying, uh, yeah, if we would have <laughs> – if we would have won all of our games, you know, we we would we would have won un, we would have went undefeated. We would have went in the playoff. But uh, you know, we've got plenty of time to talk about that, and I'm sure my way too early predictions will irritate some folks. Um, I, I I just I mean I'm just going to tell you guys this like I I just I'm not picking like 11 and one. I I, I don't think South Carolina is there yet. I know we're excited. I know that. Um, we have a lot of momentum. I, I understand that we have the opportunity to finish with nine wins, which would be incredible. Does that mean, though, that we are ready to make the jump from from eight and four to like eleven and one? That it doesn't necessarily go hand in. I mean, look at what happened to Arkansas. They they thought the same exact thing, and they went six and six. So I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I don't think it's just. You know, a lot of people, again, they they think it's just, it goes like this, right? It goes like this. They, they think, well, we won seven in year one, so we better win nine in year two. Oh, well, we won nine in year two. We better win 11 in year three. It's like it doesn't always work that way. Excuse me. Each year is different. And thank goodness, thank goodness the season finished up the way it did. <laughs> And how 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 differently a season can be viewed after two games. I mean, just wild, right? Just absolutely wild. But you finish eight and four, and now you have the momentum. And I mean, hey, it's a great spot to be in. Great spot to be in. Guys, we're gonna jump into a quick break on the other side. I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. I want to continue to hear from you here on this National Signing Day. Gamecocks doing work here on this signing day. Uh, Jalon Kilgore, his letter of intent just came in. 
So they continue to roll in. For the most part, I think the class is secured or waiting on just a few. Uh, I think Bakari Swain is one. Let's see. Xavion Hardy. A couple of the transfer portal guys. But, uh, yeah, I think everything is is moving along as expected. Nothing crazy. No, no real drama for the Gamecocks today. That more so came yesterday. Getting guys like... Um, Big tree to recommit. Again, a lot of the transfer portal dudes. So, really, really fun stuff. So, let's see. Dalton in the TTC Questions channel says, did you know that if we didn't lose four games this season, we'd be undefeated right now? I did not know that. Thank you. Uh, let's get back into your questions here. Yeah, Lynn Turner, O-line's a big question mark for 2023. Indeed, yeah, it is. It is absolutely no doubt. Joey 80 says, 2023, I'll say a 7-5 or another 8-4 and four season would be good. I think if you can go Joey 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, um, again, like I told you, I, I, I think you're, you're, on a, you're on a positive trajectory. I, I really do believe that. Tyler Noel, is it fair to say this team should have went 10-2? and two? I'm thrilled with the year we had, hit the Mizzou and Florida games or we had the Mizzou and Florida games left a sour taste in most fans' mouths. Eight and four year two is great. It's only up from here. Tyler, I, I think it's tough to say that we should have gone 10 into. I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? So should we have gone 10 into? I, I'll say no. I, I don't think we were ever because you have to. Here's the thing, too. You have to look at where were the teams ranked and what was the the landscape when you played them. Like Arkansas, for example. They turned out to not be very good, right? Six and six overall. But when South Carolina played Arkansas, Arkansas was good. Like, that was a quality loss. That wasn't a bad loss. Now, the way you lost the game left a lot to be desired, but Arkansas was a good team at that point. Like, Arkansas was the hot team early in the season, Right? It was the second half where they fell apart. When you played them, when we played them, they were good. So, no, nah, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I know there's some that would probably disagree with me. I, I just, but, but see, those people, you know, those people that think like we, we, we underachieved in some way, we should have went to, they pick 10 and 2 every year. Those, those, those are the people that really believe we're supposed to win in 10, 11, 12 games every single season. So I think realistically, when you look at the, when you look at some of the talent deficiencies we had in some areas, right? I, again, I think eight and four was a great season. Now, to your point, to your point, and I said this over the summer when I labeled Missouri the most important game of the season, right? That it's 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 just it's a game where, and, and I was proven wrong. I thought that if you lost Mizzou, there's no way your season would be a success. Right? If you lost to Mizzou, there's no way the season could be labeled a success. But even finishing eight and four, that that loss to Mizzou, does it not feel like such a black eye on the season? Does it, it like you mentioned, does it not leave such a such a sour taste? I mean, I, I hate to go into 2023 and say that the number one priority is to beat the Missouri Tigers. I, I hate to say that. I hate to say it because you feel like that there's so much more out there to be achieved, but like Bro, that's a game you got to win. 
I mean, that, that's a game you have to win. You've got to beat Missouri. You cannot keep, like, Missouri's becoming the new Kentucky. That's becoming the new Kentucky streak, where it's just, it, it's inexcusable to lose to them on a year-in, year-out basis. And I know Missouri's a better program than Kentucky. I understand that. But it's not like Missouri is, it's, it's not like Mizzou is some, you know, up and coming or, or or some you know like they're doing what Tennessee's doing. I mean, there are six and sixteen guys. They're they're a, they're a very very average SEC team, and you're still finding ways to lose to them on a week uh, on a year in year out basis. Four in a row, you've lost to Mizzou. That's got to stop. That has to stop. That's got to change. That has to change. So I, I I just, you know, I think it was a great season. Like I told you guys, like I told you guys over the summer, and it's the reason I graded the season an A, right, is because I said all summer I would have killed for eight and four. Would have killed for eight and four. I mean, guys, you achieve, you overachieved by all accounts. You overachieved. You hit the over in Vegas. You beat teams you weren't supposed to beat. You know, you won as double-digit underdogs the final two weeks of the season. I mean, I know the losses are a bit mind-blowing, you know, a few of them. But all accounts, you, you had a fantastic year, too. I mean, a fantastic year, too. The Missouri loss was by far the most baffling. For the second year in a row. For the second year in a row, the Mizzou loss was the most baffling loss of your season. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I was obviously, I was there in person. I still just, it's it's hard to to fathom how bad we played. It really is. <laughs> it's, just, it's just hard to fathom how bad we played that day. It's just a horrific day. A horrific day. Anyways, I, I just, I get sick to my stomach thinking about it, honestly. Jacob says, everything happens for a reason. We had a lot of talent. This group didn't know how to win consistently. The Florida game and the come to Jesus meeting changed the entire mindset of the team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would argue the Florida game, that was the best thing that ever happened. Because the Florida game was so bad. The Florida game was so embarrassing, it forced change. It forced it. There was no, well, you know, we, you know, th- there was no more Marcus Satterfield. Well, we got a good system in place. I'm doing this. No, no, no. It, it was, it was so embarrassing. It was so pathetic. It was so pitiful. It forced change. It forced change. And sure enough, what do you know? Change paid off. So you could argue the Florida loss was the best thing that happened to this football team. And, you know, I wish it didn't take as long. I, I, I wish Shane Beamer or those on staff would have had that revelation after the Georgia game. You know, you'd think Stetson Bennett over there taking selfies on the sideline with 10 minutes to go would have would have woken some people up, but it didn't. It didn't. So.
Uh, Chase Slayer of Queens says, Missouri is my wife's fault. She said that herself being her first game with me during the season, she's blacklisted at Willie B. <laughs> I hear you. We'll, we'll, we'll blame. How about this? Emory Jones going to Cincinnati. Yeah, we, we will blame the um, the, queen the Queen Slayers wife. Dalton says, I would argue that Florida was a much worse loss considering how bad Florida was. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll say this. I know I was picking on Florida after they got blown out by Oregon State. They, <clears throat> I, I mean, do we think Mizzou was a better team than Florida this year? And that's what Dalton thinks, Mizzou was a better team than Florida? I guess I just look at it, Dalton, is like teams have bad days. Right? I mean, Florida was abysmal. Losing to Mizzou at home, though, I just – there's no wrapping my brain around it. Let's jump to Vaughn. Phil Harris. To accept. Phil, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? I just wanted to call in and say it's awesome to have a, a really good, solid recruiting class for Carolina. You know, obviously, Shane Beamer moving in the right direction, as we all hoped that he would with this program. Uh, just super excited for the future of Carolina football. And, uh, yeah, I uh, also wanted to mention, you know, this is completely unrelated to college football or recruiting classes, any of that sort of stuff. But for people out there that feel a little lost, uh, follow your dreams, man, because if you if you take a chance, you know, and it doesn't pay off, at least you can say that you did. And if it's successful, you'll be a lot happy for it if you live a passion-driven life uh, and just follow those dreams, man. Take a chance. Columbus did. Highly recommend it. Uh, it feels good to be good. And that's all I got for you today. Phil, you're the no man. Problem. Well said. Appreciate you, Phil. Bye. Phil Harris, what a legend. Yeah, I want to shout out Phil doing his thing with uh, – with Jack's Rangers, and uh, it's it's been awesome to see Phil's growth and progression with that. And, uh, you know, I got your back, Phil. So, you're the man. I appreciate you calling. Great words spoken, and he's right. Follow your dreams, follow your passions, find what you love, and become grossly obsessed with it. And, uh, you know, I, I watched a clip the other day. It was something like – I'm going to paraphrase here because I'm kind of forgetting, but there's a difference between – there's basically a difference between – liking doing something or wanting to do something and being obsessed with it. You know what I mean? And that, and, and the and obsession is where you really find, you know, true progress and success. And when you get lost in something, right, you get lost in your passion. You get, you become obsessed with the thing. You become obsessed with the grind. Like, I mean, I, that's guys, I have an obsession. That's why TSUS succeeds. I've, I've, I've had an obsession since I started, I've been obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Like I just, I mean, it's how, I, I don't know how else you could label it. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up and it's, the last thing I think about, you know, before I go to bed, and I've learned to balance in life, right? Like have balance, but I love it. I genuinely love it. You know, I, I, and I, again, I say thank you to you guys and I'm grateful because I get to wake up every day and fuel my passions and my dreams and my aspirations. And it's all because of the support system we've built, the community that we've built, all of you showing love and support uh, from the podcast, the Daily Crow, the merchandise, social media, all of the content we produce just want to say thank you all so much. So it's really, really special what's going on, and uh, I appreciate it. Let's see. Um, getting back to your questions. Chicken ham, yes, I will have towels, $5 a piece. Yes, $5 a piece. Yep, we will have 
towels. Gene Lott says, we have to become consistent. Stop having letdown games. Georgia doesn't have letdowns. Smart tells his guys, they're going to the woodshed and whooping that ass. That is the mentality of Georgia right now. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And listen, I, it, it's funny. I hate Georgia, but I do love listening to Kirby Smart. And I, I think the way he talks to his team, he'll have you ready to run through a brick wall. I, I will say, Gene, that when you got a team full of the amount of talent they have, uh, you know, it's 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 a little bit easier <laughs> to be consistent, right? Um, but, I, but I tell you, you know, I tell you – I made the point of I'm not going to have any crazy over-the-top expectations going into year three, but, I mean, you kind of think to yourself, man, if if, if Dowell Loggins is the guy and you can find some sort of consistency offensively, and especially if you get Spencer Rattler and, and Juice Wells return, and and if, if you can find some replacements in the secondary, I mean, you're, you're going to have questions next year. I mean, there's no, no doubt. Every season, every season, there's new storylines, there's new questions. New stars must emerge in some places, but you might be able to do something. You, you really might, and uh, you'll have to come out of the gate strong. Obviously, that UNC game, that will set the tone. That will set the tone very quickly, but, uh, you know, it's – who knows? Who knows? That's the beauty of it. Who knows? Who knows what's in store, my friend? Who knows what's in store? Rebecca's in the building. Rebecca, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. Great to have you. Great to have you. Just taking a look at everything. Brad Crawford just tweeted us, the deepest O-line class the Gamecocks have signed, maybe ever. You got four-star Marquis Anderson, four-star Oluwatosin Babalade, a.k.a. Big Tree, four-star Trovon Bow, and three-star Jatavius Shivers. And what I love is that Shane Beamer understands, and I've mentioned this before, but he understands you build your program, you build your football team, from the inside out, right? You got to have those big uglies. And, um, you know, we, we've seen the line of scrimmage issues show themselves over the past two years, right? Whether it be offensive line, defensive line, you know, run game as a whole, right? You've struggled to run the football. You've struggled to stop the run. And, and I think Shane – and he talks about that a lot. I, I think Shane Beamer's very well aware that you need to be able to run the football and stop the run on a consistent basis. I mean, as much as football changes – the more it stays the same. You look at Georgia, you look at Bama, you look at the elites. What do they do better than anybody else? They can take the man in front of them and move his ass out the way. And I think that's what Shane Beamer's focusing on and building in this recruiting class. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from Dave Garrett. And Dave hung up. Dave, give us a call back in, my friend. You got to be patient. You got to be patient. I don't know what happened to Dave there. We just had Dave on the line and – Young up. Tyler Noel, biggest question marks this team has going into next season. Is it linebacker and the defensive line? We haven't recruited linebackers at all, minus Pup Howard this year. Puzzling, if you ask me. I think we've recruited them, Tyler. It's just how we gotten them to commit. Now, I, I will say this, though. You look at the signing class, I, I think there's probably a few of these edge guys 
that could play, you know, the linebacker position if they wanted to slide them back, right? I, I think there's a few guys that could play it. I mean, you never know, right, what plans they've got for some of these dudes. So, um, just just from a size perspective, you know, there's a few dudes that I think you could see, um, you know, playing that position. But you're right. No, listen, you're right. I've talked about linebacker a lot, man. Linebacker is just a it's, – it's, I don't know what it is. Like, you, you look at South Carolina, we've had a lot of great players come through the University of South Carolina, you know, at many different positions. But for whatever reason, it's just been a long time since, you know, we normally have one guy at linebacker, whether it be a Sky Moore, it be a TJ Brunson, it be a Ernest Jones, it be a, uh, you know, what have you, whoever else, right? We, we, we normally have one guy, Sky Moore, but it's been a while since we've been actually like really deep at linebacker and you've been able to look at linebacker and say like we're elite. I, I don't think the Gamecocks have really been – Above average at linebacker since the Jasper Brinkley days. Eric Norwood, Shaq Wilson, those guys. I, I just – ever since then, it's kind of been hit or miss. And so, it'll be up to guys like Pup Howard, Stone Blanton, et cetera, to change that. But I agree with you. you got to continue to upgrade that position. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Get Dave Call from – Dave Garrett. Dave, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, first things first, Chick-fil-A. Second thing, um, man, it, it was it was so nice being down in North Charleston and seeing the merch hung up in the store and on the tables and stuff. That was that was cool as hell. Um, third, I agree with you. Uh, I like Mac Brown, but they must be destroyed. First game of the season, <laughs> and. The the last thing, man, I've seen that other people are about to have a conniption fit to see what the the Spurs Up show first lady looks like. So I think you ought to play into it, man. Bring her out and kiss makeup. Make them keep wondering. <laughs> Hope you have a real good Christmas and birthday. Uh, I didn't know you were a, a, a December 25th baby till um till I read it. But um but next year is gonna be even bigger and better, man. You deserve it. Talk to you soon. Dave, I appreciate it, man. You're the man. Thank you so much. Um all the kind words. Dave is awesome, dude. Dave Dave's the man. Dave's a legend. Uh yeah, I'm a Christmas baby. Uh I, I don't know if Miss T S U S would be would be town rocking the the kiss makeup. Golly. Um yeah, and on the merch side, man, I appreciate that, Dave. It is super cool, the deal we've had with Palmetto Moon. And I, I really – I have full confidence and believe it truly is – truly is just the beginning, man. It's 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 really cool. Really cool, the stuff we're doing. And, uh, you know, really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you guys. Without the love and support, obviously, those type of retail opportunities would not be possible. So, just want to say thank you all. Um, guys, that being said, we are going to jump into another break on the other side. I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Pro. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. In case you missed it, guys, 
Uh, do not believe we're going to have J.C. Sherbert on the show anymore. Uh, he texted me this morning, had some some complications. Not exactly sure what is going on on his end. I obviously, keep J.C. Sherbert in your prayers. Uh, just uh, some 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 health stuff going on. So I, I I'm not sure again what exactly is going on. But uh, obviously, him him coming on the show is kind of a secondary concern at this point. So. Um, yeah, again, I don't want to, like, startle you guys or anything, but he just texted me this morning and said, hey, uh, don't think I'll be able to make it. Got some other stuff going on. So, anyways, I, I don't want to speculate on anything, but I uh, do not believe we're going to have J.C. Sherbert on the show today, which, again, is really our secondary concern when it comes to J.C. So, anyways, uh, full day of taking your questions, comments, and calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Shane Beamer set to speak to the media at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, a little bit earlier, I feel like, than his his pressers normally have been. Um, so, 3 o'clock, Shane Beamer will speak to the media. Beamer, ball to the moon, indeed. Beamer, ball to the moon. So, excited to hear what Shane's got to say. And, of course, guys, podcast. We'll drop tomorrow a full breakdown of national signing. They will have tons of content tomorrow regarding the class, um, you know, overall thoughts in the class, all that good stuff, breakdown of the class. And then Friday, very excited, our Dear Santa episode, our Gamecock fans Christmas wish list episode will drop. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Going to be a good time. That's always a fun one. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to going into – going into the Christmas weekend with you all. Luke RJ, bro, you were born on Christmas. Yes, I was, Luke RJ. Did your siblings call you baby Jesus? No, they did not, Luke RJ. No, they did not. <laughs> no. I you know it's funny. I, I get asked a lot about the my like my birthday and everything and what do I do? And you know, I think anybody who's got a birthday either on Christmas or around it will probably tell you you just you just kind of learn to and some of you will, will will think this. I don't know. But you just – I just learned to – and I'll say this. I've always been my, – my family's always made my birthday, you know, special, if you will. But you kind of just learn to put your birthday on the back burner. You know what I mean? It's just like Christmas is so much bigger of a deal than my birthday. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Rebecca, I'll be 32, believe it or not. 32. Crazy. Crazy to think. 32. I feel – I feel great. I feel great, but I'll be 32. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It's 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 so funny. Like when you turn 30, people literally think you're like dead. You know what I mean? It's like you turn 30 and people are texting you like, <laughs> "How you feel, man? How you feel? You're 30." It's like, I mean, I keep myself in shape. Like I'm 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 I mean, I know you let yourself go at 25, my guy, and so now you're 28 and look like a slap dick. But bro, I feel great. How do you feel? <laughs> like I'm Gucci. I, I'm Gucci. So. Yeah, it's it's just funny how people act like when you turn thirty, it's like you, you're just dead. You got you got one foot in the grave at thirty. You know what I'm saying? It's like Jesus Christ, give me a break. Um, anyways, guys, again taking your questions, comments, calls here on this National Signing Day. The stars of tomorrow are the signees of today. A uh, quick update on the Gamecocks women's basketball team. Eight minutes and 37 seconds left to go in the game. 
Gamecocks lead Coastal Carolina 83-34. Just an absolute massacre taking place at the CLA. 51-point lead going into the, the, uh, the final quarter. So, pretty wild. Let's see. Sounds like DJ, you might go to Hawaii. How about that? How about that? Interesting. Again, guys, you take a look at this class. I, I think Shane Beamer did a really, really good job or has done a good job in regards to addressing addressing needs. And, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before the break, you know, I, I think, you know, I've, I've heard Shane Beamer talk a lot about running the ball, stopping the run and the importance of it. He understands that you have to do that to have any success in the SEC. That, that, that's where it all starts and ends and, uh, you, you can talk wide receivers and all the different bells and whistles you want and the spread and the up-tempo, but at the end of the day, it comes down to blocking, tackling, the fundamentals of the game. And so you've got to have those big uglies up front. And so I think they did a great job in this class addressing those needs. And, you know, again, I, I think you picked up a lot of guys in this class that will be multi-year contributors. I think you picked up a lot of guys that are going to be names two, three, four years from now. I, I really do. I think you picked up some impact type of dudes. Really, really excited for this class. And, and again, a top 15 class probably. And then you might still get Nick Harbor, right? The gym of your class might not even, might not even have signed yet. But you win in the trenches. You win in the trenches, point blank, bottom line. And Shane Beamer knows that. Shane Beamer absolutely knows that. So, Anyways, guys, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Excited this time next week. We'll be talking South Carolina and Notre Dame. This time next week, this time next week, we'll be on the road to Jacksonville. How about that? How about that, man? Just That just, that just occurred in my brain. This time next week, we'll be on the road to Jacksonville. Luke RJ says, people want to talk about the offensive line a lot, but the defensive line is legit too. NFL size on both sides of the ball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, Luke RJ, you got to have both, right? You, you need offensive linemen that can get a sustainable push, and you need D linemen that can disrupt an offense, right? Can, can, can get after the quarterback. And, and everybody's trying to get those guys. Everybody's trying to get those guys, no doubt. But um, it's just true. You, you got to have them. You, you know, you, you look back. Look back at Carolina. 2010 to 13, right? And you think of Steve Spurrier, and you think high-flying offense, right? You think scoring a lot of points. The reason those teams won so many games, they were dominant up front, especially on the defensive line. I mean, that was a defensive line. Those defensive lines took over games. They took over games. When you got a D-line like that, I mean, you've just you've always got a chance. You've always got a chance. So, um, again, Shane Beamer was there during that time. He knows that. He's seen what that looks like. He's seen what it looks like to have a dominant defensive front, a dominant offensive front. He knows that's what it takes. 
But again, I, I like the class. Here's what I also will say, guys, and, and this is, you know, because we, we, we don't have, you know, we don't have patience, right? So nobody wants to hear this, but realistically, when it comes to this recruiting class, we will truly know how good this class is two to three years from now. That, that, that's when we'll really be able to judge it. Because as we mentioned, right, and, and it's, not a, it's not a knock, it's not a slight, but it's true. Everybody in recruiting is good. You see the upside of everybody. Everybody South kind of sign, you see the upside, right? Every three stars, a diamond in the rough. Every four star is elite. Every five star is the next biggest thing. Two to three years from now, though, we'll know. We, we will know. We will know just what type of players we sign. And I think that is what's so interesting. Because everybody you sign has talent. Like, you, you don't go to an SEC school to play football if you're not talented, right? Like, everybody has talent. But it's the things you do on a day-in, day-out basis. And it's up to the players. This is on the players. You know, coaches can only do so much. But that's why recruiting is so important and, and finding guys that are culture fits and that have great character and great attitude and great work ethic. Because you can have all the talent in the world, but if you get to campus and, and, and you party and you and you, and you slack off and you get in trouble and, and you don't take it seriously, you're just not going to have a lot of success. Versus you get guys that they do the right things, they go to class, they show up to workouts on time, they, they do the extra work, they approach it the right way, they approach it like a professional while also having fun with it. You're really cooking. And, and you look back at like 2010, 2011, Right, and I think of guys like Marcus Lattimore and Connor Shaw, and when your best players are also your best people, and your best players are your best leaders, and your best players are also able to lead by example, you got something really good there. That, 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 that's when you that's when you start seeing your program really ascend, right? So it'll be exciting to see. You know, we'll find out over the next couple of years. Maybe a guy like Pup Howard's that guy. Maybe a guy like Pup Howard is that leader, right? Maybe he's that leader on the defense. Maybe Marky Anderson, Big Tree. They're they're those guys that are, you know, they're, they're those guys that are the leaders up front. Again, the stars of tomorrow are the signees of today, and, and that is the really really fun part. And I think that's that's what makes recruiting. So much fun. That's what makes it addicting for a lot of people. That's what makes it fun and addicting for a lot of people is like just trying to find those guys, trying to find the guys to assemble your championship roster. Chase Orvis says, best players or best leaders, Dak Joyner, question mark, question mark, question mark. Chase, my, or excuse me, my, or excuse me, yeah, Chase Orvin. <clears throat> my only point was, I'm not saying it has to be. I'm just saying that when your best players are also your best leaders, when you're contributors, you see what I'm saying? It's not, that's not meant as a slight on anyone. I, I don't, I feel like, I think Dak Joyner's an incredible leader. I think he's someone that certainly 
you know, because of his commitment and loyalty and all that. But, like, I'm talking, like, you think back to 2010, 2011, 2012, when, you know, and, and also when your best players are your best leaders or your best people. Like, it just, as Connor Shaw said when Shane Beamer got hired, the best cultures are player-driven. They're player-driven cultures. So recruiting the right players to build out that culture, that's what you're looking for. And so that's that's really what you've got to be careful of or what you got to look for in recruiting. Because, again, like I said, most everybody that goes and plays football at an SEC school is talented. Some are more talented than others, but most everyone is talented. Finding the right culture fits and finding guys who are going to push your culture in a positive direction in the way that you want it to go that's really what you're looking for in recruiting. That, 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 that's the job these coaches do. You know, talking to friends, talking to family, talking to coaches, talking to other players. So it's about finding those guys. It's about finding those guys. And so that's why I make the point again, Chase, that when your best players or your leaders or your best people, that's when you have, like Connor Shaw mentioned before, those player-driven cultures, and that's when you really start to have some major success. When you got those type of players in your roster, it makes your coach's job easy because Kirby Smart, let's just take example for Georgia. Somebody mentioned Georgia earlier. I mean, I Kirby Smart's obviously, you know, Kirby Smart's obviously on their ass. Their coaching staff's on their ass. But they have recruited the right players. I'd be willing to bet you they've recruited the right players in a way. Their players know the standard. Their players set the standard. So when they bring in a new crop of freshmen, the standard's set. The players are going to hold the new, the new, the new guys to the standard. They they don't. The coaches almost don't even have to do it. The best teams coach themselves. The best teams don't need their head coach up their ass twenty four seven. I mean, really. I mean, I, I was on a team. I know it was high school, but I was on a team you know, baseball team that, I mean, we could have set the lineup ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the, the, that was, and that was probably the best team I ever played on. Like, we were all veteran guys. Like, we we knew what the expectations were. We set them. We, we didn't need coach to tell us to do anything, really. You know what I mean? Those are the best teams when they're player-driven cultures, truly. So... But no, listen, I, I think, you know, like Dak Joyner is a great leader. I think he's a great leader. I think that, I think he's a great leader in the sense of, I think he's a great leader in the sense of just, you know, the, the loyalty aspect. Um, yeah. Anyways, guys, phone lines are open. You guys want to? Voice your opinions on the recruit. Who are you most excited to see? Who are you most excited to see in Garnet and Black? What are your thoughts on the recruiting class? What do you grade the class? I think for the most part, folks are fired up and excited, although, you know, maybe there's not the the flashy star power in this class. Right? Like you don't have a I mean, if I'm nitpicking, I think the the one thing. The the one thing that 
the one thing that I would I, I would say is like you know I, I'd like to see us in the portal pick up some more receivers. I definitely like you know, and, and maybe we don't need to. Maybe guys like Landon Sampson or Mega Blake. Maybe those guys are going to come into their own and and uh, you know be big time players for us. But you know I wouldn't mind picking up another playmaker or two for for hopefully Spencer Rattler who who I hopefully will be back next year. Um, you know also pick up a couple more linebackers. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> You need all the need all the good ones you can get at that position, but I mean, all in all, man, I, I I think you know, I think you did a great job in this class addressing your needs. I think you did a fantastic job. I really do. You know, I think you really really did. So, job well done. And again, the rankings, the rankings reflect that. I mean, the rankings reflect that, guys. As we sit here right now, let's see, let's see here. As we sit here right now, I believe this is the most up-to-date. The team rankings, the Gamecocks sit. This is on 24-7. I, I believe this is the most up-to-date. 22 commits. This might be wrong. I, I don't know, but this is what 24-7's got. The Gamecocks sit 16th overall. 13 four-stars and nine three-stars, which, again, we talked about that blue-chip ratio. You're in a great spot. That's where you got to be. 50% or greater. That's where you got to be. It's where you need to be. It's where you got to be. I mean, you think about this, guys. Gamecock sits 16th right now. 17 and 18, TCU and Michigan. Two teams that are in the playoff. <laughs> like, so, pretty wild when you think of it that way. Pretty wild. Now, Michigan does have the number one overall rated transfer portal class, I do believe, from what I last saw. What's so wild, though, the SEC is so competitive. You're 16th overall nationally in recruiting. You're 7th in the SEC. Isn't that wild? Like, that's how good the SEC is. And obviously, your class isn't done yet, but it's just crazy. Just crazy. It's crazy. And then, you, like, you look at, like, even after a... Uh, let's see. Anyways, um, got sidetracked reading y'all's comments. Even after a rough season, Texas A&M, two five-stars, nine four-stars in their class. Number one in the country, you got Alabama, Georgia, one and two. So this past season didn't, didn't affect Bama too much. It didn't affect Bama too much. How about Miami, number three in the country? My goodness, they're throwing the bag, huh? Texas, number four with uh, Arch Manning. LSU, five. Ohio State, six. Oregon, seven. Oklahoma, eight. Notre Dame, nine. Tennessee, 10. Clemson sucks, 11. Florida, 12. Penn State, 13. Southern Cal, 14. A&M, 15. Gamecocks, 16. TCU, 17. Michigan, 18. Auburn, 19. Utah, 20th. Florida State 21st, Arkansas 22nd, Texas Tech 23rd, Mississippi State 24th, Michigan State 25th. And just for fun, UNC, the Gamecocks, season opener in 2023, UNC is 26th. You look at the SEC, 
Bama, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, A&M, South Carolina at seven. Then you got Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Mizzou, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Vandy at the bottom. Ole Miss only has 12 commitments. Strange. Strange. Um, yeah, Travi, based off what 24-7 saying, I'm looking at it right now. We are seventh in the SEC. Seventh. Travis says illegal shit going on. Travis, like, what is illegal these days? Everybody can get paid. NIL's legal. Like, everything's basically legal at this point. So, I, I, what, what, what illegal shit could be going on? You know, I, I mean, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Rebecca, what is up? What is up? Yeah, that Juco D lineman was a big one. That was a big pickup for sure. Uh, let's jump to the text line here. Love to see us building what I believe will become a dominant offensive line. Only time will tell how soon. Tommy Wallace. Tommy, appreciate that, my friend. Great stuff. Great stuff. Again, guys, Shane Beamer will speak to the media at 3 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to what hearing Coach Beamer has to say. Really exciting day here on National Signing Day as the letter of intents continue to pour in. Really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Again, guys, I uh, want to say thank you all so much for the continued love and support, man. I want to say thank you all so much. <laughs> My guy, John, right? <laughs> I appreciate you, John. John texts in one simple word, penis. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Great stuff, as always, from John Rice. Legend. <laughs> um, I don't know if John wants to play the penis game or what's going on, but that, that, is, that is what John's got, got for us today. So, let's see. Okay, so Alex Mitchum says things haven't changed since this morning. Yeah, Chad Goblin, in case you missed it, J.C. Sherbert did not join us today. Um, had some issues on his end, I think, with some, with, some, with some health stuff going on. So just keep J.C. Sherbert in your prayers. I, I don't want to, like, speculate or speak for him, but uh, he, just, he had some stuff. He hit me up this morning. So, Luke R.J., when's that Chris Phillips cooking show dropping? Yeah, my, my entire personality, Luke R.J., has become uh, making breakfast. So... Yeah, did so again this morning. It just absolute pleasure, truly. So I'll let you know when the cooking show drops. Guys, we're going to jump into one final break on the other side. I want to continue to hear from you. More your questions, comments, calls, and more you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Yes, Aaron, I know it is time to update the watch party screen. Yeah, th those are those are done and gone. I, I need to update that. I <laughs> I do realize that, my friend. I, I do realize that indeed. Uh, I will get that updated ASAP. So that's 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 my B. That's my B. Anyways, uh, guys, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to squeeze in a last minute call again, podcast will drop tomorrow morning podcast will drop tomorrow morning 
Uh, full breakdown of the class, of the signing class. Really excited to talk Gamecocks recruiting. We'll talk everything from the biggest immediate impact player, sleeper of the class, best players offensively, defensively, overall grade, et cetera. And also, of course, on the podcast tomorrow, we will briefly highlight the game against Western Kentucky basketball returning to action. The Hilltoppers are 8-2, and two, so it might be another rough night. Uh, games at the CLA. SEC Network on the big channel, on the big channel, for those of you who still care about basketball. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Travi, I think it just depends on SEC Network reporting where six. I, I think it depends on what uh, what service you're looking at. I, I don't know, man, six, seven, whatever. Travi, whatever makes you feel good, my guy, whatever you want to go with, that's what we are. How about that? How about that? I don't know. Top 15 class is all I really give a damn about. Um, Aaron Thompson, we will begin. Listen, we will begin. He says, how about a clock until baseball first pitch? <clears throat> we will begin the countdown for baseball 31 days until first pitch. So, um, mid-January, mid-January. So, I, I mean, of course, I'm looking forward to it, guys. You all know I'm a huge baseball guy. I love it. I love it. It's it's the time where I separate myself, I feel like, in the content space because I, I love counter baseball and, uh, I'm truly passionate about it. I, hell, I get just as fired up for baseball as I do football, man. I, I freaking love it. So looking forward to it. And again, we'll start that countdown, like I said, about a month away or right at a month away from first pitch. And we'll also, we'll also start breaking down this team and, and talking position unit previews and um, really excited to do so, man. It's a, it's a new look group, going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, looking forward to, looking forward to talking baseball. So, Excuse me, my bad. Anyways, guys, I want to continue to hear from you. Really excited to get down to Jacksonville um, again this time next week. We'll be in or on the road to Jacksonville. So looking forward to it. All the Gamecocks that are going to be down there, y'all let us know. Um, here we go. Chase Floyd says he wants – a breakfast taco. Thank you for the super chat there, Chase Floyd. You're the man. Uh, I've already, I've already, I've already hashed it out with you. I've already hashed it out with you in the in the Big Cock Club Discord. <laughs> Craig Phillips says, "You know, you want to skip Friday's show and can play some golf in the subarctic weather on Friday." Um, Craig, that that wouldn't work just because I will be. The plan is I'm going to do TDC Friday from the studio, and then we're going to head home and. Go home for Christmas. So, uh, going to go home, see the family, hang out, all that good stuff, do the family thing. Looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah. So, I appreciate the offer, though. Definitely soon. There's no rush, Craig. There's no need to go, go play golf in, like, 40-degree weather. That's we, I'm not that desperate to play. I'm, I'm, I'm itching to play golf. Don't get me wrong. I'm itching to play. I will play very soon, but I ain't no need for all that. <laughs> there, there ain't no need for all that, my guy. There ain't no need for all that. So, Gabbard H, my sleeper is Montek Rames, even though he may be a four or he is a four star. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you got to be excited when you look at all the guys South kind of got on the defensive line. It's, 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 it's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, really cool. I mean, I, you know, you addressed a need. No doubt you addressed a need. So,
That's a big pickup for Kentucky, man, getting Devin Leary. That's a big one. That's a big pickup for Kentucky. Big pickup for the Cats. It's crazy when you look how late in the season we played in next year. It's I think it's the week before the Clemson game. So, what that means for the game, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Kayshawn, Chris, when do you predict us to make the playoffs? Man, I, I, I don't know, Kayshawn. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'll tell you this. We're going to have a lot better chance when the playoff expands to 12 teams. So, Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Um, really, really exciting stuff today. With National Signing Day, again, Beamer speaking to the media at 3 o'clock. And again, you know, I'm very pumped for the class. I think, again, you did a great job of addressing your needs offensively, defensively on the line of scrimmage. Also, I think Pup Howard leading the way. If you can get Nick Harbor in the spring, that would obviously be the gem of the class. But all in all, a very solid class. You know, I don't know that there's really one one flashy playmaker that you got, but you addressed your needs. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's truly all about. Now, if you can get Spencer Rattler back, if you can get Juice Wells back, you know, it's, it's, they're already on your roster. It's kind of funny. They're already on your roster, but those are, those are big time players. You are recruiting, if you will, to return next season. But uh, all in all, I think it's a class that continues to elevate the program to keep you on a positive trajectory. And I think you applaud Shane Beamer and company for their efforts his second full cycle and, uh, you know, really excited to see these guys in Garnet and Black. And I think you have a lot of guys in this class that are, that are multi-year contributors, put it that way. I, I think you, I think, I think, I, I look at this class as like a foundation class, right? Again, it may not have the flashy receivers or quarterback or playmakers, but when you're talking line of scrimmage and, and you're talking, guys that are going to do a lot of the dirty work for you, impact guys the next three, four, five years. I think that's truly what this class provides. A lot of talented players in the line of scrimmage. And again, like we talked earlier, guys, Shane Beamer understands you build your program from the inside out. You got to have those guys up front. You got to have the big uglies because as much as the game changes, the more it stays the same. It's about blocking. It's about tackling. It's about the fundamentals. And you got a bunch of those guys like that in this class for the line of scrimmage, at the linebacker position. Uh, again, guys that I think are going to be multi-year contributors for you. So all in all, I think a great foundational class for Shane Beamer. And I think one that a lot of these guys, we look back three, four years from now, and we're going to say, look at how many, the list, the, the list of guys who are going to make significant impacts, I think is going to be very long. So, um yeah, line of scrimmage for sure. Both sides, Aaron. Yeah, both sides, no doubt. No no doubt. Lots of athletes in the line of scrimmage. Lots of – I mean, Brad Crawford highlighted this might be the deepest O-line class or one of the deepest we've ever had. One of the deepest we've ever had. So, yeah, and then Caden McKay, to your point, Lenora Sellers, we might be getting him on Friday. We probably are getting him on Friday. So, uh, you know, I say all that. You probably are going to get your quarterback or get a quarterback in the class. But um, I just – I think it's a great foundational class. I think it's a great foundation class. Like you gotta, as you're building your structure, you gotta have a solid foundation. That's how I view this recruiting class. That's how I view this recruiting class. I think you're in a great spot right now. And again, if you can get sellers on Friday and you can get Nick Harbor in the spring, 
I mean, I, I think this is the best class you've hauled in since 2007. I, I really do. I really do. In regards to impact players addressing needs and and then getting, again, that cornerstone of the class, Nick Harbour would, would most certainly, most certainly be that. Guys, that's going to do it for us as we creep up and get to 2 o'clock. Yeah, Swain also tonight. Yeah, that'll be a big one. That'll be a big one for sure. All right, guys, 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Again, check out uh, or stay tuned for the podcast, I should say, that will drop tomorrow morning and, of course, pod tomorrow and Friday, back-to-back days. Um, and if you missed anything today here on the Daily Crow, go check it out on our podcast feed. Drops every single day at 3 o'clock after the show. Uh, other than that, Shane Beamer speaking at three. We'll have full coverage. Stay tuned to all the content. Content, of course, guys, bleeding out the eyeballs here on this National Signing Day. And again, thank y'all so much for the continued love and support. I truly appreciate it, guys. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.